You are listening to Time to Revive. This show is designed to help you get the confidence to share your faith in everyday life. The music in the background is Revival from Third Day. Another edition that we're bringing you this week, but this one is extra special. In the studio with me is Mark Bird. He's with Revive Ohio. And Mark, there's a lot of stuff going on in our world today. So we thought we would pause this series that we're in with our Summer of Hope and still we're going to be talking about hope, but let's address some of the things that we are practically dealing with nowadays. Yeah, and it's like stating the obvious, right, Angie? It's the elephant in the room. And I feel like, you know, part of me says, do we have to keep talking about this? But the other part of it is, yeah, we do have to keep talking about it. Now, we're not going to get into super specifics over the next couple of weeks, but we do want to just offer some encouragement And so let's talk about the scripture, and then let's talk about our guest. Yeah, today, Angie, we want to dive into 1 Thessalonians 5. We're going to be looking at verses 14 to 18, and this is interesting from the standpoint of this is Paul really exhorting the church at Thessalonica about holy living, like what's that going to look like? And it's interesting because when we're talking about the summer of hope, like we're talking about how can we have hope, but more so leaning towards how can we be hope? Yes. With that lens, like how can we be hope? And I think now people do need to see hope coming from us. Yes. And I think that in the midst of people striving to have answers, that we can be bringing them a message of hope. Yeah. And how can we encourage one another? Yes, exactly. And so it starts in verse 14, now we exhort you, brethren, warn those that are unruly, comfort the faint-hearted, uphold the weak, be patient with all, see that no one renders evil for evil to anyone, but always pursue what is good both for yourselves and for all. He goes on, rejoice always, pray without ceasing, and in everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. Mm. And now it's for you, Angie, it's for me too. (laughs) This is the will of God. This is what he desires for us to be. Yes, And that is being, if you will, a billboard for hope. Isn't that what we're trying to talk about and walk out, is how can we be hope to those people? And of course, the hope that we hold on to is Jesus Christ. And it's not like we're trying to give people the answers, because honestly, I don't have all the answers. Right. I'm walking this out myself. But what I do know is this, that yes. we need to be praying without ceasing and that we need to be digging into the scripture for answers. I've done it myself over the last month or so, Mark. I've dug into the scriptures to see I wanted God to talk to me directly. Yeah. I don't like listening to the news and I don't like listening to other people's opinions. I want to hear God's heart for our situations. And our world is filled with chatter. Mm, Everywhere so right now, it's chatter, 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 whether it's Noise. social media, radio, TV, anything, it's chatter. It reminds me of this, Angie, going back to Ephesians 5, because you're absolutely right, Angie. We're trying to discern how to walk this out as well and just give practical examples. Ephesians chapter 5, um, and starting in verse 15, see then that you walk carefully, not as fools, but wise. That's what we want to be known as, Angie. Not foolish, but wise. 
Now, here's what it says. Redeeming the time because the days are evil. Mm, All the chatter going on today, everyone is saying the days are evil today. Mm -hmm. Everybody's saying that. But what Paul's saying is redeem the time. Be wise. Don't be fools. And then here's what he says in verse 17. Therefore, do not be unwise, but understand what the will of the Lord is. And we just found out what the will of the we Lord did. is. We did. It's exactly right, which is so fitting in how they knit together. Yes. Very good stuff. So yeah. let's talk a little bit about our guest today, because we pulled in somebody special. And once again, Angie, as we always do, we pray and specifically ask the Lord, who do we call upon mm-hmm. that would be ready? With us today on the program, very special guest, a very special friend of mine, a special friend of Angie's too, Jennifer Beck from TV44 Lima, Ohio. Jennifer, welcome to the program. Thank you, Mark. Wonderful to be with you today. I think for someone that has their, if you will, thumb on the pulse of what's going on as a journalist, Jennifer, we thought this was very timely. Uh, there's a lot of stuff happening in our world today, and and I'm getting a lot of questions from Christians, as I'm sure you are too. A lot of curious Christians like, hey, I see what's going on, I hear what's going on, and our response should be, like in a form of a question. Jennifer, are you getting any sort of questions like that? Well, you know, I guess maybe not from a question standpoint, but from an observation standpoint is, if we look back to when the coronavirus started to be crazy in the United States, if I can use the word crazy, since then, we have had a series of things just happening over and over and over and over. So the intensity in this country has not changed. And watching the responses of Christians is what is interesting. And like you said, it does raise questions. How are we supposed to be responding to what's coming next? Because honestly, I don't know what's going to be tomorrow. But man, if you compare or look at what's happened even just in the last couple of weeks, I would never predict it that we would be in the middle of some of the things we're in right now. Yeah, you know, Jennifer, we're, we're talk about the sphere that we all have. That's like our little world. And, of course, we want to influence people within our sphere of influence. We want to influence them with Christ, obviously. So we mm-hmm. want to influence them with hope. But, boy, isn't it interesting that our little sphere— is bombarded. Every one of our individual little spheres are being completely bombarded. And man, you can just sense and you can just even feel like all of these voices and all of these things coming at us. And man, you know, how do we respond and how do we respond in a way that says my sphere can make a difference? Hmm, that's right. Well, I think the first thing we have to recognize and also be careful that we don't fall into is responding with too much instant emotion. Mm. And one thing that I think we are seeing happening with so many people, both individuals in the faith realm and without, is they're starting to feel a rise inside of them, which God can give that to people, and that's good. But when it's immediate emotional response, it's not always that great. And we're seeing a lot of very instant reactions. Mm. And if I can speak to it from a journalist standpoint, we're seeing emotional reactions to half-truths and false information. Wow. So I think one of the first things that we as Christians need to do when we're determining how God wants us 
to respond to this is make sure that we are looking at the right information. You know, social media has exploded in these last few months, and it's no longer just the national media that people are relying on to get information. In fact, we're now moving to a realm where people are relying on just the general citizen because they pull out their phone and they videotape things. And so people are reacting to what they're seeing without knowing the real story. So I think as Christians, we need to make sure that we're fully informed and we're not reacting until we have the full information so that we can react properly. Um, I know I've seen things that have made me mad, Mm. but then I have to stop and remember that Jesus loves those people doing things that make me mad just as much as he loves me. And that doesn't mean that they don't get forgiveness because they do, because it's for anybody, regardless of what they've done or what they might be doing right now. Yeah, and it's not up to us to pick and choose who gets to come in, right? <laughs> that's correct, yeah. So that's a, little, that's a little heart lesson for ourselves. If you stop and think, do I want this person in heaven with me? And if your heart check says no, that's a, I mean, we got to work on ourselves for that, because, you know, Saul became Paul which means Mm. anybody, regardless of what's happening right now, does have a right for forgiveness. That's absolutely true. And uh, I mean, story after story, character after character in the scriptures are in there as examples to us of what God can do. Exactly how you described, that's what we have to do. Step back for a moment and do not let our emotions respond right? Or react, I guess. What we need to do is respond and not react. And so that's what we teach, you know, Mm -hmm. love, listen, discern, and respond after we have discerned. And I think what you're describing, Jennifer, to me is when we're emotional, our emotions rise up, then we immediately react without discerning to respond. Mm Mm-hmm. Yes, and I would say that we are living in a time where whatever your belief is, you can find a network of people to surround you with that same belief. And it's very easy to live in that invisible bubble and then feel like you're doing the right thing at all times. And I think one of the most important things that Christians need to be doing first and foremost, and it's actually our biggest weapon that we have, and no one can take it from us, is prayer. We need to be praying for the situation, but we also need to be praying and seeking God's direction on how we are to respond. Between the coronavirus and the race protests, and now statues being defaced and pulled down and destroyed, some of those statues are people who actually stood up against slavery, and yet they're still being destroyed. How are we as Christians to respond? The first step has to be prayer. We need to pray for every person who's who's doing these things, but we also need to be praying and asking, where is our position? How can God use me today to make the right kind of change that our country really desperately needs? Yeah, and I hear people talk about our stance. What is your posture? Mm -hmm. You know, and I love it because my answer to that is, well, my posture is a posture of prayer. Like, do we ever think about mm-hmm. that? Have you ever think about prayer in it being a posture? We are seeing right now people with 
with a desire to make their voices be heard. Mm. But yet, I think we need to stop and realize the power of our silence. And I'm not saying we stay silent, but prayerfully, people are not hearing that. We're not walking down the street and screaming out our prayers, which I suppose we could if we really wanted to. But it is in those quiet prayer closets that change will start to happen. Um, Now, you know, we've seen a lot of protests, a lot of riots, and we've heard a lot of beliefs on both ways for that, on what is the right thing to do. And I know a lot of Christian individuals who feel very strongly that these protests are the right thing. There's another area where I see Satan can use to divide, because just as I say that there's a bunch of Christians who feel very strongly for it, at the same time, you have Christians who think that it's not the right way to go. So there's so many things that Satan can use at this present time to try and divide God's people, which is more and more of the reason that we have to be devout in the Word of God right now and seeking His direction over the media's direction, over what we see on our social media feeds, over the breaking news, all of that. We need to set that aside and ask God to give us His eyes through a crazy time that just, in my opinion, keeps getting crazier, but has yet to surprise God. God knows what's going on. That is so true. And what I'm thinking about as I'm listening to you share about that, I'm thinking the only way for us as Christians to be conquered is for us to be divided. And that truly is the Mm -hmm. enemy's plan in it all, right? So whenever you see division, just like the scripture says in James, you know, where there's confusion— is every evil work. So there is present evil at that moment. And so I see that Mm -hmm. as well. If you see division, then you're seeing Satan's fingers trying to keep us, trying to divide us and keep us divided. And then, you know, this this temptation is to take a stance, rise up and take a stance. Mm -hmm. And like you said, you're either going to go out and join in, or you're going to sit back and and not join in. So it's a matter of choice. (laughs) But, you know, however we respond needs to be a response in love. And uh, that's the thing. And the other thing that I'm thinking about as I'm listening to you share as well today, Jennifer, is that the me, me, me. So while we're all individually isolated and locked down, the only thing we have to focus on is ourselves and everybody's doing their own research and drawing their own conclusions. And then what happens is you just tend to have more of an inward focus. And then you start to say, well, mm-hmm. I believe this because this is what I researched and this is what I've decided and I've found out and all that. And you're not staying connected necessarily with others mm-hmm. seeking the Lord as well. And so I think this division piece has been a plan all along of the evil one. And uh, I think what Christians need to do is decide that we need to be united in, be one in the Spirit, one in the Lord. And I think that is what we have to get back to, honestly. Well, and I think that's where we do need to make sure that we're willing to stand up and take a stand against the enemy who is in some areas gaining strongholds. I mean, if you look at the churches across the country, many of them have not yet reopened and they are still doing online services and they're still doing things to attempt to keep that unity of that church going. But you don't have the gathering of the congregation. And then even in some situations where some churches have reopened, but under great restrictions, Mm. the unified body of Christ is not yet able to connect 
the way they had been doing for so long. And, you know, we hear a lot about how the church is not in the building, it's out of the building. And of course, that is very true. But yet the Bible also reminds us how important it is for us to gather together as believers, if not for nothing else, than to be a an encouraging, strong force together. Yeah. Because when we can encourage each other in that way, then we are less likely to get locked into that me, me, me mental thinking. So I think we need to continue to be praying for the reuniting of the church bodies and the pastures to make decisions out of wisdom and not out of fear and to do what is necessary to build that army back up, to be stronger than it was before. You know, Christians are not void of depression and anxiety. And just like so many others, they've been stuck in houses for a very long time. And that can do messy stuff with our brains. So we're in a fight. We are we are in a fight that we can't see. And when we recognize that we can't see it, then we can be even stronger warriors. Yeah. And bringing it back to the season of hope, we have to find hope. And then in order to be mm. able to display hope, to become hope, to to share hope, we have to have a hold of that ourselves. And one of the things that comes to my mind as I'm listening to you too, is I'm thinking, okay, so for us, we are separated, we're divided, and we're not strong together. So the scripture clearly teaches us that our unity is our strength. And when we're all Mm -hmm. separated like that, we become weakened because the example that I think of is when a wolf pack hunts, they surround Mm -hmm. and circle the herd and they're all together and they're like impossible to penetrate, but they just keep circling Mm -hmm. the herd until one of them gets singled out and separated, Mm -hmm. right? And then they can move in. And so I feel like this is how the enemy is fighting against us as well. And it is super evident that this is a battle that we're in, and it's not against flesh and blood, but it's against principalities Mm -hmm. and powers and rulers of the darkness. So we have to be aware of that. We have to know how that strength is ordained by God, and we've got to stand up and fight for that unity. Honestly, Jennifer, Mm -hmm. I feel like we have to stand up and fight for that unity because all directions were being pulled apart, I feel. Yes. And as I mentioned earlier, that you have to really watch what you view on social media and other technology-based media entities. I also think it's really neat how social media is creating an opportunity for God's people who are filled with hope to spread that hope to others. There have been individuals who have taken to social media and used it to their benefit to continue to spread that message of hope. Because as our minds are being inundated with negative thoughts and fear thoughts, it is the hope of Jesus that is going to penetrate into each individual person and get them through. So I I love seeing God's individual people stand out. And you know, I think in any situation of adversity, that's what we see. We see, I hate to say it, it's few, but those few, but very mighty and very called individuals to stand up and speak that message. And I pray that more are willing to do that in these days ahead. They might face backlash from the world, but we are in the world, but we're not of the world. And we need to remember that right now. Since you're in the media and you probably hear a lot more probably than I do uh, in radio, but you working with TV, you probably get a lot more How have you been? Like, how do you take in all that information and still be able to turn around and bring this positive message? I mean, you and I both work in Christian 
arenas and Christian media, which helps. But tell me your personal walk. How's it been? Um, Well, you know, I actually left secular media many years ago, back in 2001, uh, because I was frustrated with the negativity that I saw at that time. And I'm not here to downplay media. I'm grateful for our local media. But there is an element of fear that sells. So unfortunately, we do see some of that happening, probably more than we would like to see. I think you just got to ask for godly discernment in every single thing and ask for God's ears to hear through what is being stated. We all know that our media, as a general rule, is not a Christian organization across the country. There are Christians in media, but as a general rule, it's not. It's in some ways a Satan-directed organization. I almost hated that I just said that. (laughs) Uh, But just the word discernment just goes over and over and over again. We got to remember that the words that are coming out of people's mouths or the things that are happening, when we see evil, evil is part of that bigger fight, that bigger war that's going on. And we need to pray for more people who have good eyes to see that and can share the right direction. I think I'm bumbling the answer to your question, Angie, but in truth, it is not easy. The media has to show what's happening. Their job is to show what's taking place, but they have to very carefully figure out how not to get drawn into it and become a part of it. So how do you keep a positive message of hope in your own personal work? In my own personal work? Well, without a doubt, it is Jesus Christ and the scriptures every single day providing guidance and providing direction because we live in such a negative world that we can be surrounded by negativity and not even realize it because it is so common and it does create response. If I want to get a big response to uh, something that's happening, I tell everybody the wow factor, the emotional factor. Mm. And I know people are going to respond, but that's not the right thing to do uh, necessarily because I need to make sure that through the word of God is continually penetrating through me because then the words that come out of my mouth, I hope and pray will be filled with God's direction and not be tainted by the things of our world. I think that's right on the money, Jennifer, and it's very open, very transparent, and we greatly appreciate you sharing the reality of this. And this is interesting because uh, Angie and I, we really work hard at this. Like, we're having honest, down-to-earth, transparent conversations and not just talk about, you know, here's the textbook word hope, here's what it's defined as, but like, how do you practically walk it out? And that's really what we're trying to accomplish because our listeners are sitting there going, oh yeah, but how do you do that? And so what you just shared was like how you're doing that, Jennifer. And it's like, guess what? It comes back down to the word renewing my Mm -hmm. mind so that what comes out of my mouth is edifying, encouraging to the body of Christ. It's hope-filled, it's hope-giving, and it's life-giving. And Jesus said, my mm-hmm. my words are spirit and they are life. And that's what we're getting to in our humanness, in our openness. We're like, hey, I am fully and completely dependent upon God and His grace. And so in order to do that, I've got to submerse myself in his love and in his grace in order to show that, tell that, and be that. 
And so, wow, what a interesting conversation today. And Jennifer, what I heard you describing was all of those things, like the system, okay, if you will, you didn't say that word, but like all the things you described, even in the midst of my Christian, right, surroundings and the media piece, but there are these overwhelming behind the scenes things. And that is the principalities and the powers and the rulers of the darkness that are trying to overshadow everything. And so we just have to be wise as serpents and gentle as doves. That's the way Jesus told his disciples, this is how you have to be. Real quickly, I just want to provide an action step that I try to apply for myself and I encourage all the listeners to do as well. You know, how much time are you spending reading things on social media and compare that to how much time you are spending in the Word of God. And that doesn't mean that we don't read the news and we don't pay attention to what's happening, but we have to make sure that there's a balance and that Scripture verses are permeating our minds continually. So I would encourage the listeners perhaps to find verses that provide that idea of hope. Write them on note cards, post them throughout the house so mm. that you see that, you're thinking it, you're living it every single day, and you're reminding yourself that there is always hope in Jesus, regardless of what happens in our world. That is so right on the money. And it's the old adage, garbage in, garbage out. So if the only thing <laughs> you're feeding yourself is garbage, and whether or not you believe it or not, but like you said, you're going to be looking for, and you can always get somebody to say what you want them to say. But the truth is, is that we know that the word is not garbage. It never will be. And if you have that coming in, that's what comes out of your mouth. And that's what needs to be to bring hope to our world. So unfortunately, we're totally out of time. But Jennifer, thank you for carving out this time out of your busy schedule and sitting and chatting with us and being so real and open and honest and helping us understand this thing that we call hope in Jesus. Thank you for the opportunity. You've been listening to Time to Revive. Thanks for listening to Time to Revive. This show has been brought to you by Shine FM and Revive Ohio. More information about this program at shinefmohio.com. The Shine FM Podcast Network.